my view, when it all went down, was start, I thought, this is going to be really interesting. I wonder what kind of innovations are going to happen. That's where my mind went to is, this is going to be interesting. Rather than, I understand it is, it's horrible what's happened to people. And now this need to restructure their lives has become priority number one. So yeah, we have seen a very big shift of much more open-mindedness of not only coming online, but, you know, maybe I should have a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot, of wake- a lot of those wake-up calls happening. And, and yeah. it's a good thing, even though the circumstances may not seem like it for the person who's going through it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It was like she lifted the words right from my heart to her lips. I'm talking about Ann Sieg, founder and CEO of e-commerce business school. See, she and I had a conversation that you're about to listen to that literally had me shifting in my seat because the resonance was so strong. Shifting your perspective, not only relative to realities of the COVID world we live in, but also the power of creating a family economy through business ownership. Family economy, yes, this is what I'm talking about. Self-sustaining, independence, just yes, I'm here for all of it all day. So Anne, the author of some of the most widely read books in the world on how to get new customers and prospects to come to you, and she's considered one of the pioneers of attraction marketing. And since her time of doing all that writing, she's been able to impact the lives of tens of thousands of people, from CEOs to beginning entrepreneurs, all through her groundbreaking coaching and training programs. Her reports have been read by over 400,000 people worldwide, and she's helped many people achieve six seven and even eight figure incomes. You do not want to miss my conversation with Anne, especially where we are going deep on the family economy. Stay tuned. We'll get into it after the theme song. So the big question is this, how do we ambitious professionals avoid the slow moving career, take control of our time and get paid for two things, doing what excites us and making an impact bigger than anyone ever thought was possible. That is the question and this podcast has the answers. My name is Candace Spears and welcome to Ambition, Honey and Hustle. So I'm super excited to have my guest on the show today. You know, uh, we just very briefly connected on on LinkedIn, but just looking at what she is doing with her business, I cannot wait to jump into her entrepreneurial journey. So Anne Stieg, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thrilled to be here, Candice. <laughs> so I'm really excited to have you on, not even from, you know, the path of what you do in your business overall mm-hmm. in the e-com space and all that good stuff, but you're another entrepreneur on the journey, and I love to talk about the journey. So let's start with, though, what's your why for what you're doing right now? Well, I am the type of person that I, I call myself a social learner. They have these different ways of categorizing. Are you a visual learner? Yada, yada. I'm like, they didn't name mine, which is social learner. And that being that um, my business is, I, I like to have a business working with a team. 
Um, I'm not so much a solopreneur. Uh, I enjoy doing it with a team. So mm -hmm. I have a real love and a passion for my team, number one. Um, my closest executive, he is my first sponsor, so to speak, from 16 years ago. Wow. When I first came online, we're still working together. And I love the camaraderie and the fellowship, et cetera, within a team environment while running a business. So that just lights my fire. I love the brainstorming and problem solving and all that. So that's at a, like what floats my boat for how I like to work within a business. Mm -hmm. But secondarily, and probably actually more importantly, is the success of my students that we teach because it has a, a little more of a global perspective of sorts is that my goal is to strengthen the family economy. And I believe if a family can have their financial needs met via a business, then they can better self-actualize into these higher callings that they want to do for themselves and their family, kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs is, I'm going to help them solidify their financial needs so it's not external and they might get the rug pulled out from underneath them, but rather they own a business uh, an asset they, that they control. So I'm launching entrepreneurs into the space, so to speak. And I feel like that's my most valuable contribution as a citizen is I create successful entrepreneurs. And it's, um, and so I help guide them through that whole evolving process uh, as an entrepreneur. So that, I guess I feel like I was called to do that. It's my destiny. You know, so when you talk about um, having that whole family dynamic and the ownership of a business. So I'm telling you, as you were talking, I resonate with everything that you're saying, just because, I mean, I also believe like having this, this economic stability, stability, meaning you've got it within your control, <laughs> not just, you know, oh, I've, I've got this nine to five and I've been around for a while or the company seems to be doing well. No, it's something that you, own and use right. a cornerstone and, and a legacy building. So I love that. Thank like you. I really, really, really love that. Okay. So very cool. So tell me now, you tell me about the business that you're running right now. Like how did you get into this space? Where, what did you start with? <laughs> and where are you now? Yeah. Okay. Where did I start with? Um, first of all, start with Kind of can't see them, but on that bookshelf right there, the green and red, those are Christmas bells that I knitted. When I was a little girl, my grandma taught me how to knit those. And my mother said, you know, Anne, you could go out and sell those in the neighborhood. So she set me up with my first store and it was a cardboard box. It was a very fancy, sophisticated store. <laughs> Just kidding. But anyways, it was a cardboard box. And then she taught me how to change, you know, that you know, there's the dollar and the quarter. I, I remember I charged 50 cents a piece and three for a dollar, I had a bundled offer. So I went out into the neighborhood and this was back in a day when neighborhoods were considered more safe and I, my mama was not with me. And I was either seven or eight years old, I was very young and I sold all of them, mm -hmm. I sold all of them. So I can't say then I was this big businesswoman right then from that moment and forward, but I do remember it like yesterday, literally. I remember ringing the doorbell, I remember standing in front of those people, etc. Speed forward. Um, I got into direct sales when I was pregnant with my second child and it was a company where they have pink Cadillacs, if that sounds any bit familiar. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I got started in direct sales and I actually really, really love sales. I think it's fun. I'm competitive. I was a sports coach 15 years. And so to me, it's, I call business the sport of non-athletes. 
is in athleticism to business. So my sports world, I was a gymnast and then I coached for 15 years. All of that helped set the foundation for me to be a business owner because there was a lot of athleticism and self-discipline in that. So anyway, so I did that direct sales and then I was in and out of a variety of direct sales while raising my sons, three boys, and my husband and I did a number of businesses. We had a windshield replacement business for 12 years. We did real estate investment, very nothing big, you know, one or two pieces of real estate. Didn't like that. Thank you very much, you know. Um, but here's when everything changed. So I also homeschooled my sons for uh, 12 years. So, yeah. I, so, I, so, so I have to stop you for a second because yeah. what you don't know is I just, so this is like two weeks into this journey now, just started homeschooling oh. two of my three children. Two of three. Well, I started with one, then it was two, and it ended up being all three. Mm-hmm. I kind of pulled them out in pieces, but so I know with this whole COVID thing, this is a whole brave new world for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so kind of been there, done that, and best years of my life. I can't say they're always easy, but the raising of my boys and all that, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. So that is like, mm, like this. And I also, I loved coaching gymnastics, but I quit because my arms throbbed from, it wasn't carpal tunnel, it was tendonitis. And I I couldn't make dinner. It's just very disabling, so I had to quit. But I loved it so much. I love teaching. So, you know, there I was coaching and then the homeschooling. Um, It all changed when I walked to Barnes & Noble one day in Harmar, um, sitting in Harmar Mall in St. Paul, Minnesota, your neighbor to where you are. Mm-hmm. Anyways, and um, this book jumped out at me. In fact, it's up on that bookshelf, almost the whole set. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I should have had a close on hand for my story. But it, that's what set the foundation. We were already business owners. But he gave greater definition. And as he says, he teaches financial education. So then I got cash flow quadrant. But it's what I did next is I gave those to my eldest son, whom I had just pulled out uh, middle of eighth grade. I said, you need to read every book this guy has written, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's uh, about ninth grade. So he starts reading those books, I'm reading the books, and we're on this kind of parallel journey. And I I have a much more open-minded view of homeschooling, so that'd be a whole other topic. But Mm -hmm. basically to say, I, I don't teach the test. I have a horror of that. My parents were both teachers, so I kind of developed my philosophy out of them being my parents and teachers, is I don't believe in the te- teach to test model, you know, because that's all a state thing of, you know, they determine these parameters. Now, I'm the principal, and I'll determine the parameters. Thank you very much. I hear you. <laughs> and, and part of that was entrepreneurialism, because we were entrepreneurs, and I believe the bedrock of this country country are entrepreneurs and small business owners. And and that's the reality. They drive the economy, they drive jobs, etc. So my son ended up going through a lot of different businesses in high school, he could probably write a book about it. And all I told him was, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but you will learn something. Mm -hmm. So he's going through that basically a blessing and endorsement for me that, hey, it's a okay. And it's a trial and error thing. And it's all good. Mm -hmm. Rather than I'm going to test you and score you and you know no you're, you're just go and do it and then i got more serious on my end our paths converged when he was 18 
he decided to join a direct sales company. He sponsored me in. I thought, okay, fine. Because my husband, we had our windshield business. I'm homeschooling, three boys, mm -hmm. helping to run the windshield business, working with the insurance companies, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I decided to, I'm going to go all ambitious. And I think that's part of the name of your podcast. Yes, so I am really, really heavily, I, I'm very ambitious. I don't know if it's being a middle child, if it was getting teased as a kid. I don't know what has forged that like, you know, a metal in a fire, but it's there. Mm -hmm. And I just like to prove I can go up that mountain. I could just, mm, I did it. I you like know, that. You know what, Anne? Like, I'm, I'm listening to you talk and I'm thinking, wow, like, check the box. There's a lot of similarities <laughs> here, right? And as I'm listening to you talk about homeschooling and like I'm the principal and that type of thing. Yeah. So again, I'm going through a, that very similar thing, but that foundation of, you know, I believe those entrepreneurs who are like, yes, this is the bedrock of society. Yes, That's capitalism. Right. Yes, <laughs> this is, you know, the way we need to go forward. You see that begin to be reflected in the children. Oh, yeah. The, you know, you, you, you talked about your experiences in, in selling with that perfect stand. Mm -hmm. I've got my kids over here selling fun dip for $5. <laughs> That's right. Package <laughs> outside. But again, like, okay, do I want as an entrepreneur, do I want my kids to have the education that truly is rooted in my value system? That's right. Or do I want them to just, you know, to your point, study to take mm -hmm. a test? Eh, I don't think so. No. I don't think so. And I think more and more, um, I don't know what you've seen, and I'm curious mm -hmm. to hear what you've mm -hmm. seen as you've had new students coming into your, your programs. With everything that's happened with COVID, there are there's the, the group of people who have always recognized that a job does not equal security. Mm -hmm. um, there are others who have had it smashed in their face. That's right. Right now. That they is sure have. Security. Like, what have you seen? Have you seen any changing dynamics in, in you know, who's coming into your program? Oh, yeah. Like Very much so. <clears throat> it's kind of like there was this board game that we were all playing on and life was just going along. And then that whole board game got thrown up in the air, landing upside down, pieces scattered all over the place and continue to continue because this thing is like a, a fucking Bronco that, whoa, what's this? The colleges are now sending the kids back right out of their dorm rooms and back home within two weeks time and just it's this bucking Bronco. So there's, there's not much stability, but I will say there is one main commonality of what we know to be true is kind of nice to be online though. Sure. <laughs> so <laughs> I came online 16 years ago. Uh, we've been using Zoom for about four years. My staff is around the world from Philippines to Italy to here that for us it's normal. This, this is not a new normal. Um, and furthermore than my sellers, well, I call that the Amazon lucky bucket because what was supposed to be a five-year projected growth for e-commerce, boom, it's been scrunched down to one year. Like, whoops, I guess that one got accelerated <laughs> like a rocket booster. So, you know, I'm counting my blessings because it hasn't always worked that way with past businesses. Mm. And who knows whatever will happen, but being online, it's like a godsend 
and there's a lot of skill to it. But so we run YouTube ads and what we've seen is um, definitely an uptick relative to this whole. So what's happened is um, the lens that people view the world with has shifted in, in uh, so many different ways. They're, they're having to absorb in a lot of ways, which is really, in a sense, tough on the human psyche. But at the same time, um, in my view, when it all went down, it was start, I thought, this is going to be really interesting. Mm -hmm. I wonder what kind of innovations are going to happen. That's where my mind went to is this is going to be interesting rather than I understand it is it's horrible what's happened to people. And now this need to restructure their lives has become priority number one. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we have seen a very big shift of much more open mindedness of not only coming online, but you know, maybe I should have a business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot, of wake, a lot of those wake up calls happening and, and yeah. it's a good thing, even though the circumstances may not seem like it for the person who's going through it. It's, 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 it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's kind of a buyer beware mentality behind that too. But um, back to the journey. So my son sponsored me um, and I got going, I was selling like crazy. I'm selling a lot of products, moving products, mostly healthcare kind of stuff. I, I mean, as in nutrients, um, nutraceuticals, they call them. Anyways, I ran into a roadblock in that I wasn't getting the growth I wanted. He was a young kid. People weren't taking him seriously. So he went online on his own. And then he's the one who advised me to go online. Okay. Then we, I, I started doing really, really well with the training program that I signed up with. I started to promote it. Then we converged in 2005 and we blew it out of the water because he brought Google AdWord experience with them, affiliate marketing, copywriting. I had learned consultative selling, was also learning sales and marketing. And we became partners in formally in 2006. And that's, so what happened in that little season is a new law came out in the state of Minnesota that wiped out our business, the windshield business, just gone. All the little mom and pops, two and a half year painful death spiral. But I was starting to build that kitchen table business that Robert Kiyosaki talks about. So it was very fortuitous that we had some great years with that business, but then came this new law, which happens all the time. Anytime there's a new law, you can just know for a fact a lot of people's lives and businesses are being destroyed. That's just how it works. And in this case, it was directly impacting us. So then my son and I really buckled down. And my husband was then working at that time out at the airport, fueling jets and working at a home for disabled men. It was, it's nine bucks an hour out at the airport or at that time. It's dirt cheap. Like you're not, you don't live on that pay. So he's doing that, just trying to do something after having a great business. Mm -hmm. And then we took off. And then, so it was in September of 2016, I told my husband, you're worth more at home than you are in that stinking job over there. And it did stink. It was a jet fuel. <laughs> Literally. <it's like laughs> it reeked to come in the house. I'm like, ah, anyway. So, and then everything took off. So my first few years were teaching, we call it attraction marketing and how to attract customers and leads into your business. And I authored three books and we did 4.2 million with our main, our paid book. There are two free books, but we transitioned into e-commerce um, fall of 2013. 
And that's because this gentleman whom I was speaking about earlier, who's one of my top executives, he said, Ann, you should check this out. And I said, oh yeah, the boys had an eBay business when they're in, you know, during the homeschooling years, they had done eBay. So yeah, it was kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, we had done e-commerce. So there was familiar ground, it wasn't intimidating, but I then um, referred my members at that time into e-commerce and they just took off like grease lightning compared to the model of what I had been teaching, which is branding and lead gen and conversions and sales funnels and webinars and offers and that whole world. Yeah. And so they're making just like, wow, okay. So I shifted my entire focus into e-commerce. So it's been seven years. So that's kind of the, the narrative. And so kind of the big takeaway lesson is that is stuff will happen. Mm -hmm. Problems will happen. I tell people, write in your business plan, things will change. And then you have to learn how to adapt, which both Paul Zane Pilzer and Robert Kiyosaki say that is the number one skill set you need in the 21st century mm -hmm. is adaptability. And wow, COVID has really tested the metal on that. So I tell people, get used to it. We don't like it. Our body wants homeostasis. But I'm sorry, the world isn't going to afford us the luxury of letting us hunker down and settle in for a long time. Just not that world. Changes, changes. Uh, that's the one thing to expect. <laughs> it's, the, it's the new constant. It's, right. It's, it's the constant. It's the constant. It's the thing to expect. I love it. So when if we go back just a second, I'm thinking mm -hmm. back to when you mentioned you said to your husband, "Hey, you're worth more here." <sighs> Than at this place over you know wherever you are the airport and, and all this fun just talk to me about that moment like I'm, I'm i'm trying to get into the essence of what did that feel like for you for him all of that it's a very a teary-eyed moment for me and i've repeated it many times in our new member orientation basically it was a, a hot hot july day when um he was doing his chef's and so he'd get home from the airport, go down and shower to get the reek of that off, you know, and then he would turn around and go do a full night shift. So he would put in 30 hours of work from Friday, Saturday to Sunday wow. that I was becoming fearful of safety, driving. And in fact, one time he actually did fall asleep while fueling, fueling a jet. And then it, it does an alarm, like if it over taps, you know, the tank and whatever. But, you know, I thought, oh my gosh, you could drive off the road. So I, I was in the dining room and he's going out the door for the, the job, the night job. And I said, oh, this is really hard. I said, I'm going to get you home. I'm going to get you home. So Ah, oh, it's so hard. And so that became my driver because I was literally worried for his life. And that airport job was super strict that if you got three demerits, you were fired. Now a demerit is you showed up one minute late, you're fired or you get a demerit. And I think of how the luxurious environment my team has where there's none of this demerit thing, but that's the gun he lived under in that job. Anyways. Um, so in September, um, we were, inundated flooded with sales and we we're shipping out stuff from our basement and my middle son i had hired to do that and our whole basement took on this whole shipping center thing 
and he's watching Star Wars while he's supposed to be doing shipping. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're not getting entertained while working for me. No. But anyways, the orders were just pouring in and we would fulfill and then set them out by our back door and for the post office. And there'd just be these basketfuls of these physical orders. So I was just like, and our income just went way up really fast because of my son with Google AdWords. So I'm like, seriously, I need your help here. And so he's been home ever since. And we, he typed up a letter, it was very polite and everything. And then he made a copy of it. And I shared screenshots of it in my webinars the day he left that job. He was very polite. Thank you for the job. Da, da, da. And he's never gone back since he's been home and he makes dinner for me. Look, there you go. <laughs> everything worked out. <laughs> yes. I got that done. And in fact, he manages the entire household and all that kind of stuff. But the cooking part, he loves to cook. So. Mm -hmm. Hey, I, listen, I hear you. I've, I've got one of those that I love dearly. So I, <laughs> I know what you're saying, but I love, and I keep coming back to it because I don't know. I think it's just, it's just me. The, the, the family, dynamic that underscores everything that you yeah. say Fantastic. and how much of a you can hear now I don't know what your your sons are doing today but you can hear just sort of that foundation of all right you watch you do you learn you that's right possibility yeah that's that's so awesome I'll, I'll share a quick story behind that so my mother-in-law went to Cape Canaveral for you know, little trip. She came back with this little magnet of the Apollo 13, I think it says. And it says, um, failure is not an option, mm. is what it said. So when I first came online, I saw that there was a certification program to become a marketing consultant, and they had very rigorous standards. And I like it when there's, like, set the bar high. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't like it low. Set the bar, uh, the bar high? Good, I'm going after it. So I signed up for it and I would be working. I'm homeschooling. I said, no, nah, I'm kind of back to school too, boys, because I got to go through this training. I'm going to be doing this. Mm -hmm. And every time I looked at that magnet, which is just off to the my monitor at that time, mm -hmm. I thought, my boys are watching. My boys are watching. And the most important lesson I can teach them is your mama, when she sets her mind to something, Consider it done. Yes. yes. Consider it done. And it was uh, filled. Of course, there's challenges. Mm -hmm. And I thought that would be my best, instead of yada yada textbooks, this and that, we had textbooks, but the, the, the character lesson, boom. And so to an extent, no wonder my son partnered with me. I proved your mama, she sets her mind, consider it done. Yes, I love that. Look, you're gonna make me tear up just just because, and just because honestly, I'm I'm resonating with what you're saying. Um, and I recall when I left. So when I resigned, I resigned from my corporate job to work in my business ventures full time. And I remember when I resigned on that last day or second to the last day, one of my coworkers, she had brought me a bottle of wine, mm -hmm. and in the note card it said. Candace, you go and you show those girls, like you show those girls. And that, and, and that's something that I talk about all the time, right? The importance of they're watching. Now my girls are six, nine and 11, oh. but they're watching. Yes, they are. And you only have this one life. <laughs> that's right. 
So how do you help them make the most, never mind what standards say, right? Societal norms say, how do you help them make the most of it? And so as I'm just listening to you, I'm like, mm. I love it. Yes, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, well, and I had three boys in the somewhat of a similar span there. It was six years, so it was four years between the first two and then the two years. But yeah, they're watching, you know? Mm -hmm. Always, always. So now tell me, Anne, um, just thinking about the business that you do today and even, you know, the roads that you've traveled so far, what are kind of your top three tips for mm. new entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that aspire okay. to be full-time entrepreneurs? Um, I believe mentorship is key. I say that because, I mean, I am a teacher and a coach, but it was also kind of in the order of in biology, they call it imprinting, your first experience in. And so when I came online, I, I bought training. I knew the gap between me and success would be, there's knowledge I'm missing and experience. And I had the good fortune to be blessed by a really great, great mentor. The gentleman is still working with me 16 years later. Uh, so training is awesome. But the mentorship, because the mental game plan, uh, you know, or mental, the mindset, it's, it's just, it is what it is. We need, I don't think there's anyone who's invincible and doesn't need shoring up. So I would say uh, as much as possible um, to have a mentor. And it should be a mentor related to the business model that you're pursuing. And there's a thousand plus different options for that. Um, focus. So if I were to see a point of failure amongst my own students and historically um, is they, they lack focus. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, like this thing didn't exist when I came online in 2004, but now you can get distracted. Oh, many, many thousands of times a day. If you want, you know, sign up for it and you'll be pinged to death, you know? So, and if they aren't able to get that focus, cause you will need it. You need to be like throw on the blinders and just focus whether you end up, maybe you won't end up being the right business model or not, but you have to develop that um, mental discipline of focus. So I, for example, use a physical planner as a tip on that. And I, I write everything down the night before, and then I give an estimated time for completion because ultimately we're project managers when we run a business. And then I'll set my timer. Like if I'm gonna write copy, for example, and I'll go in sprints because that's that athleticism that I talked about earlier. Business is the sport of non-athletes and you are, by default, you become a producer. Well, go produce, right. then go produce. That's, that's your job is to go produce. So that focus in order to be a producer. And then lastly, I would say tracking um, so much. So um, like when I first came in, I tracked everything. They gave us these tracking sheets and I tracked and I did it for my gymnast. I would evaluate them monthly. Okay, a handstand push-ups in 60 seconds, go and I track it. I'm tracking because those little, those jumps, those hup two, hup two, that's developing the finesse and the speed and the productivity that you need in business. Plus numbers don't lie. <laughs> numbers don't lie. In the numbers you'll go, oh, I thought I did so much, but turns out I did it. <laughs> um, <laughs> So the tracking, and we even developed a back office tool called end of day tracker because I had it for my corporate staff, EOD, 
end of day tracker. Talk to me, what did you do? Because when you look in the mirror, you're the CEO. And if it is to be, it's up to me or, or you, so to speak. So um, mentoring, focus and tracking. I could probably come up with another 10, but in terms of those are, they've, I've used all of those with great success. Mm -hmm. I love that. You know, what's funny, you just made me think, um, when I hired my first coach, my first business coach, I recall he made me keep a timesheet. Oh. And I was so like, I don't really need this. Like, trust me. <laughs> like, don't trust me. I got this. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. But it was so interesting to just look back and see kind of how was I really spending my time or when I didn't get the sales that I thought I would get, well, is it because I didn't spend enough time prospecting? Probably. <laughs> this is interesting when you bring up that, that time piece of um, as much as, at least for me, I've never been like, a, oh yeah, okay, gotta enter this, gotta enter this, that type of thing. Yeah. But to your point where you are the CEO, you are responsible for producing the results, whether you bring on a team to help, whatever, mm -hmm. your time and how you spend it becomes important. Yeah, extremely important uh, where are you putting your time? Because if you really don't know where you should be putting your time, you could be fritting away at stuff that doesn't yield any kind of productivity because I will say, you know, getting into cash flow is where it's at. Because as I understand, most of your folks are doing more as a side gig mm -hmm. is you got to bounce two balls at the same time, so to speak, where, and this is the story of my husband, where we made that transition is, you know, he's holding down those two crazy jobs. And then I'm working over here, bouncing this ball. And it's watching for when this got big enough to say, okay, that don't need that anymore. So you've got to be tracking your performance numbers so you can best gauge when is it time to jump. So for example, you can set um, monthly benchmarks. So you go, okay, I've gone, and I've hit those numbers consecutively three months in a row. Now I'm ready to put a more realistic goal because I meant benchmark performance. And then you could maybe at that point make a more, a better educated determination, not guess, but determination of when is it time to jump. But if you haven't tracked your numbers and your performance, it gets a lot harder to know when can you be in jump mode. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you just get frustrated unnecessarily. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the worst place to be. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, Anne, at this point, if people are listening or watching, they're like, oh, how do I get in touch with this Anne lady? Like, I just want to connect further. Where can they find you? Um, for me personally, it would be through Facebook or through LinkedIn. You can just message me. Um, my focus is primarily on the growth of my current business. And as far as, you know, if you want to see where my how I run my show and whatnot. It's ecommercebusinessschool.com. Um, but for me personally, it would just be through that. I, I have a website with my name, but it redirects to ecommercebusinessschool.com. So giving that domain wouldn't help too much. But <laughs> anyways, um, yeah. So I hope this has been encouraging for people. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And I will tell everybody that is listening and watching, I will make sure that all of Anne's info and the e-commerce business school info, all of that is in the show notes at candacepears.com. So you can grab it there. Um, and this has been a fantastic, like you have just 
bless my soul conversation. Today. Uh -huh. so, Thank you. I'm, I'm so happy that you took time to join. So thanks for being on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. So to so everybody listening and watching, you know what I always say, don't just take what you have heard and hold on to it. Go and do something with it. So I hope you have a great day, a great evening, whenever you're listening or watching, and I'll talk to you again very, very soon. You can find the show notes for this episode and just about all the other episodes on CandaceSpears.com. So go and check it out. Not only can you find the show notes, but you'll find other bonus resources, some freebies, some blog posts that may be helpful to you. There's plenty hanging out at my home base. So go to CandaceSpears.com. I guarantee you there will be some things there to help you on your bigger impact journey. Goodbye for now.